This is something that didn't just come out of, we weren't, it wasn't a reaction to our pregnancies. It was actually something that we have been trying to implement with clients for years of trying to get a longer lead time, get people started early because we work with human beings, you know, we don't hire actors. And often if you're working with a really short timeline, you're sort of, you have to make sacrifice and you have to say, well, this person is the one that's available when, when this is our filming dates. And so let's do their story. This is the What Works Podcast, and I'm your host, Tara McMullen. If you want to build a business that can stand the test of time, you need to figure out what works for you and your small company. That's why every week I talk with real small business owners about what's really working for them. I want to help you fill in all the details of how others do what they do so you can fill in the details that work for you. My guests this week are the co-founders of StoryMine Media, Catherine Orr and Elena Root. StoryMind creates documentary videos for mission-driven organizations. Catherine and Elena founded StoryMind Media in 2011 after working side-by-side for two years and realizing the tremendous value of collaborative work. They discovered that they not only work well together as a creative team, but that they both prioritize organization and preparation. This is reflected in their process and in how it feels to work with them. Their individual and collaborative work has been featured in the New York Times and National Geographic. Some of their clients include the Center for American Progress, Whole Foods Market, the Center for Juvenile Justice Reform at Georgetown University, Farm Aid, Duke University, New York University, and the American Constitution Society. Catherine and Elena contacted me with an interesting story. They were both pregnant and getting their business ready for a prolonged absence. Not only that, but it was both their second pregnancies. And so they had learned what they wanted to do differently business-wise this time around. Catherine, Elena, and I chat about how their pregnancies impacted the business the first time around, some of the social pressure they felt as pregnant business owners, the strategic rollout of their second pregnancies, and how they're using this time as an opportunity to improve efficiency and operations at StoryMine. Catherine Orr and Elena Rue, welcome to What Works. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Okay, before we get into the good stuff, the nitty gritty stuff that we're going to talk about today, I would love to just find out how StoryMine came to be. Can you kind of give us your origin story uh, in a in a few words? Yeah, absolutely. So this is Catherine. Um, Elena and I were in a master's program in journalism, and we were in the photojournalism department, and we quickly fell in love with the video side of that, of video storytelling. And we have sort of two sides of the origin story. One is that in the on the first day of orientation, I was sort of looking around nervously, like who of these people are going to be my friend? <laughs> and um, when Elena stood up and introduced herself, uh, she had this really cool yellow like wraparound skirt, and I was like, that one, she's going to be my friend. So that's like <laughs> the super not exciting origin story of how we how we met. And then um, Elena. I, I, I love how you always say that there was always an echo in a room in those classes. Um, yeah. So we, we would be in class and particularly the first couple of weeks, everyone would say, okay, what do you want to do, you know, with your degree? And, and I would say, I want to do um, storytelling for nonprofits. And then on the other side of the room, Catherine would say, I want to do storytelling for nonprofits. And that kind of, you know, we, we saw uh, that we were both aligned with kind of what we were interested in. And we, went on to take almost every class together and we worked together on projects. And then when we graduated, we thought, well, we're going to either be competition or we're going to work together. And we had sort of already had a system of working together already. And it just sort of flowed naturally into StoryMind. 
Yeah. I love that. How long have you guys been StoryMind then? We've been StoryMind for seven years now. Um, Incredible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay. Well, then let's just get into it. And this is going to sound like a bit of a a non sequitur, but you guys are both pregnant with baby number two, right? (laughs) Indeed, we are. (laughs) Yeah. So that's a big deal in a tiny business. Even in a small business, a pregnancy can throw a huge monkey wrench in the works ideally in a good way. Um, And that's really what we're going to be talking about today is all the ways that you guys have found to improve your business through the process of thinking through parental leave. So before we get into that, let's talk about your first go round with this. How did you approach your pregnancies in terms of your business uh, that first time through? Yeah, so this is Catherine. And we the main difference is that we were not simultaneously pregnant the first Uh, time, which there is a huge difference in how that works. Um, And what really that meant is that we had, so let's see, Elena was pregnant when StoryMind was, StoryMind was about three years old when Elena was pregnant. And then my baby came along another year and a half later, but we were able to sort of use one another as a crutch to just get through. So when I, when she was out, I was still working when I was out, she was still working. Um, so that from kind of just a logistic standpoint was a big difference was that we had this sort of mindset or attitude of just get through it. Um, and, and that's, and we did, and that, that was sort of the plan, but I think almost more importantly, there was this, a real difference in how we felt about it. Um, in terms of how we shared the information or how we felt it would affect, it would be seen as kind of a professional liability because we are a small team, because we are creatives. Um, And that really affected us the first time around. And I I don't think we quite knew it as much as it was happening as we have now come to really think about it and reflect on it um, this time around. So Elena, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about what that was for you. Yeah. So mine, mine was first. And the way that played out was I, I kind of didn't really take the time to rest and recoup that they, you know, they always say sleep when the baby's sleeping, but when the baby was sleeping, I was checking my email and I was, you know, making sure I was up on what projects were happening. And I remember specifically it was 10 days after my daughter was born and a client was having like a, an informal lunch, something that no one was expecting me to go to, but I was like, I'm going to go to that lunch. And I got all dressed up and I was still kind of hobbling around and I really shouldn't have gone, but I really was kind of looking for ways to prove to myself and to other people that nothing had changed. Like I was the same Elena and, you know, I, this crazy thing happened, but I'm still here. And, um, looking back, I I'm thinking that was, that was crazy. (laughs) And I really shouldn't, I should have sort of spent the time that I needed to, to recoup. And, um, but I was so afraid that if I spent any time sort of away from the business and away from, um, sort of the film world that people would forget about me and, or that I would lose my skills overnight and that it would, you know, I would just sort of drop off the face of the earth. Um, so I had a lot of fears going into the first pregnancy. Yeah. You meant, Oh, sorry, Catherine, go ahead. No, that's okay. Um, I I had just moved to a new city. So the first time around, Elena and I lived in the same place. We actually lived a couple streets away from one another. Mm-hmm. So a lot has shifted in our business um, outside of pregnancy, just in terms of how we work. Um, but the second time around, I had just moved to a new city. And part of our goal that year was for me to take that as an opportunity to surface new leads and find new networks. And as soon as I started showing... I did not want to have in-person meetings with people because I just had this feeling that somehow as a woman 
business owner, um, and, and particularly maybe as a woman creative business owner, I'm not sure if there's a distinction there or not, but that the assumption would be, well, she's about, I didn't want people to meet me that way. They mm-hmm. would sort of think she's about to be out to pasture or, you know, maybe they wouldn't even consciously think that, but there would just be this different, um, assumption about my commitment to our business. And I hate that I felt that way. That actually drives me crazy because it just feels like I was really leaning into these assumptions about women in the workplace that are the exact assumptions I would want to disrupt. And also, I don't think it was made up. You know, it wasn't just something that I was, I was kind of creating in my brain. It comes from a long history of there being a little, some assumptions that are made. So that was the big thing for me was sort of feeling like, I just don't want people to know because I don't want them to assume that's going to change Storyline. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I was going to ask more about this idea of professional liability. And I think you both um, really beautifully demonstrated all the ways in which that could potentially manifest. And like you said, whether that was reality or whether it was just a, a good expect, good assumption to have, a good uh, contingency to plan against in terms of the history of how people think of these things. Um, I think you really beautifully laid those things out. Um, and so it sounds like after both of these experiences, you know, t- having to take a little bit of time off, maybe not as much as you should have, um, <laughs> and and kind of just rethinking your relationship with your business, It's it sounds like you guys did have a little bit of a reckoning after uh, these two experiences, maybe not in not in a bad way, but just like it gave you some hindsight. It gave you some perspective on how your relationship with your business had changed, could change, might need to change. Can you talk a little bit about that? What you realized in, I don't want to use the word aftermath, but that's the only word I can come up with, <laughs> the aftermath of your pregnancies. Um, what you realized about, about your mindset, about your relationship to your business uh, through these experiences. Yeah. I mean, I think this is Elena. I think a huge thing is confidence um, and sort of going through the, the sort of experience of pregnancy, we can see that there's, there's another side, there's the other side. Um, and before, you know, before you go through something like that, you just don't know what that's going to be. And I think um, sort of the, the first time I, I kind of felt like I was closing my eyes and crossing my fingers and just saying, oh gosh, I hope this works. <laughs> and I think that was also a reflection of where we were in the business. We were only three years in and a lot of um, our sort of business strategy was reactive. So we didn't have, we weren't taking control over, you know, finding new leads and we were waiting for things to come to us and, um, and kind of just, we didn't um, have as much control over the kinds of projects that we were doing. And, and since then, we've sort of slowly evolved and and gained more confidence. And part of that is our confidence and our ability to handle um, the second pregnancy differently. And and as opposed, you know, this time around, we're not just um, closing our eyes and and um, crossing our fingers. We're we're taking way more control over it, and we have the confidence to say yes, we can do this. And and we know that there's another side. I think that's such a great perspective, just knowing that there's another side. And I, I, <laughs> I think you're exactly right. When you're facing something so huge that you've never done before, it's so easy to get caught up in the before and fail to think about the after, or fail to realize that you will get through this. Just like, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what it is, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, there will be another side to it. Um, so let's talk more about 
uh, now how you're planning for parental leave, how you're planning for um, this for baby number two for both of you. So you said you're doing things pretty differently this uh, this next time or this time around. Um, and you mentioned to me that you have a kind of strategic rollout for your pregnancy. Can you talk us through that? How did you plan this strategic approach? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, this is Catherine. I think, well, first of all, there is just the side of how we personally share that information anyway. So neither of us you know, we're immediately posting ultrasound pictures. It just isn't kind of the, the thing that the thing that we would do. So there was that. There was just personally deciding, well, when do you want people to know in, in your life? Um, and then once we had that together information, we also then, before we started telling anybody, I think it was before, Elena, correct me if I'm wrong. We every year we do um, an annual entrepreneurs retreat with our with our business coach. And whenever we do that, each year there's a focus for what we want to plan or think about for the next year and always looking even far past that the next five years. And this year we did it in a time where we could really be thinking about the strategy behind how we handle uh, maternity, dual maternity leaves internally and also how we are sharing that information. Um, so I'll say, I'll, I'll take, take us back a little bit. The first time, even just with our clients, we were just really scared to tell them that we were pregnant. Well, I would say, especially when I was pregnant, Elena, it was a little bit different because of the project, I think, that we were in when you were pregnant. But there was a project we were working on when I was pregnant where we were going to be traveling to Florida. We were doing, um, so we, we create these documentary style videos for mission-driven organizations, and they're always around a large issue. And in this case, we were doing... Um, a short documentary honoring Janet Reno for an endowment that was going to be launched in her name. And we were going to be traveling to Florida to film at her family home. And that date kept creeping and creeping and creeping up closer to when I wasn't able to fly anymore because I was going to be too pregnant. And it was at a stage in our business where we weren't really in, in the practice of building teams. We much mm -hmm. more are now. We um, have a bigger group of people that we work with beyond just the two of us. Um, but I just remember we had lots of kind of internal conversations about, so when do we tell them I can't go? Um, and we did, and it was no big deal. They were <laughs> perfectly reasonable as of course they would have been. But this time I think one, the sort of first step for us was, well, first things first, we're going to tell all of our current clients and, you know, heck we're going to tell all our past clients. Cause we also, our business is very high touch. We work really closely with these organizations to help them learn how best to use video. And there's a lot of, we just get to know people very well. It's very personal. So we also just wanted to share with them this exciting news and the fact that we were thinking about it in this way um, as a moment to, for sort of positive disruption in our business. Um, so there was that, that was sort of first things first, tell our kind of inner circle. Um, and in doing that, plant some seeds there about, our availability. So as opposed to sort of saying it in this way that felt like, oh, by the way, gosh, sorry, we're going to be out for a little bit. Being able to say, FYI, this is coming. If you or anyone else that you've been working with has something on the horizon, you better get on it because we have two spots left Yeah, before we're gone for a little bit. Um, and wheels will still be turning on some of the projects. But because it's a simultaneous pregnancy of the two leads of the organization, there's going to be a little bit of a pause, certainly in the 
and what we're working on. So that was a big thing was just sort of starting there. And then um, I would say the next piece was kind of expanding from there to more of kind of our, our newsletter, um, you know, people that are followers, followers of ours, but not necessarily past clients and collaborators. Um, and the big thing, again, was this uh, mindset shift of being able to share how we felt the first time and how we felt this time as a way of being really transparent. Um, I think something that we recognized as again, kind of a sticky point for us as we were reflecting on this, is us feeling like we are not being authentic goes completely against the work that we do, which is basically sharing true stories and the power of how having people talk about what's actually real and actually true can move people much more than having a lot of scripted talking heads talking about why your organization does this great work. Um, and there was something very clear to us that felt like, well, that's not what we're doing if we feel like there's a big part of us that we're kind of concealing. Let me see, Elena, is there anything else you want to jump in on on the strategy? Uh, yeah, I would just, I would say in terms of, you know, the, the timeline portion that you mentioned, this is something that didn't just come out of, we weren't, it wasn't a reaction to our pregnancies. It was actually something that we have been trying to implement with clients for years of trying to get a longer lead mm. time, get people started early because we work with human beings, you know, we don't hire actors. And often if you're working with a really short timeline, you're sort of, you have to make sacrifice and you have to say, well, this person is the one that's available when, when this is our filming dates. And so let's do their story. As opposed to if you start six months early or eight months early, you have so much time to really sort of dig deep and find the perfect story that's going to really, you know, hit your message and, and address the issue. And that's something that we always want to do with our clients. And so we're, we're sort of using this as an opportunity to say, okay, let's get started early. Let's, let's do this the right way. And this is something that we really want to have be a model going forward with all of our clients, not just, okay, during this year that we've got, you know, this weird timeline, let's try to do things differently, but this is really how we want to move forward. So it was sort of a kick in the pants for us to say, okay, we're really going to nail down this timeline thing and, and sort of get that going. Awesome. Well, I think that leads me straight into the next question, which is that it seems like you guys aren't just planning for your time off or you're not just planning to take a pause on certain projects, but you're really using it as an opportunity to increase efficiency throughout all of your business operations and to uh, you know, act on some longstanding operational goals that you have. So can you talk us through how, or, you know, what kind of internal changes you're making to your operational processes so that that you guys can feel even more confident in being able to take time off or take a pause or unplug for a little bit. Absolutely. Yep. This is Catherine. So some of that started before the pregnancy. Um, and I would say it sort of started with the idea that I am almost certain, Tara, we learned from one of your podcasts actually, is really <laughs> capturing our system. Yes. Um, we are, while we are not solopreneurs, we're a team, we are so in sync with one another and have been doing this work for so long that Elena finishes my thoughts, even if I don't speak my thoughts and vice versa. So it's almost more dangerous because all of the business is captured in two brains. Um, and so what we did, I guess start, starting about a year ago is, is we really started systematizing the work that we do and realizing that we do, we have a process. We've developed this, um, you know, unique, method of the type of story that we do. And there's a way to 
for us internally do it so that we don't feel like I haven't I read written this email before haven't I you know like those things all, all those sort of moments so that was a big thing that has sort of laid the groundwork for us being able to then bring on other people to be working and um, executing a lot of the things that we're then directing um, which again is something we've been talking about doing for a really long time so I will say first it was capturing those systems um, and then We've had months now to be using them ourselves. So we've been able to sort of test and tweak. Um, and the next thing was then really thinking about how are we sharing content to help educate potential clients long before they need us? So because what we do is this really high touch um, you know, service where we're, we're working on maybe eight to 10 projects a year. We're not doing, there's not, it's not a lot of small projects. We do these really deep dive projects that for us, there's always this really long tail for planting seeds um, because people aren't going to necessarily immediately need us. And one of the big things that we have learned about our process is that a lot of what we do is really teaching people how they can elevate video story. So a lot of times people will have an idea and it will work, but it will look like every other video out there about every other organization and there's a lot of, of learning involved in how do you do that? How do you shake that up so that people are watching what you're showing them and they are so compelled by the story that they know your organization is behind it and therefore they're ready and prepared for whatever your call to action might be. And, and for us, that has always happened in the process of working with the client as opposed to being able to, to share some of that expertise before someone even knows they need us. So that kind of content creation is also something that has been new to us and will be really important to us going into our leave and on the way out of the leave. Um, let me see. Well, Have I talked about teams? Yeah, let me pause you right there because I, I, Please. Yeah. I, I want people to really take note of what you just talked about because I, I – I have thought about content marketing in this way before, but I've never actually heard anyone articulate it the way that you just did, which is you're really talking about content marketing as a tool for building operational efficiency. And we don't ever talk about that. We talk about it as how you're going mm -hmm. out and getting new leads, how you're doing outreach, how you're getting in front of new people, how you're maybe moving the sale along. But it sounds like there's an element here where you're using the content that you create to not just ease the sales process, but actually ease the client interaction process too. So there's less explaining, there's less education that has to be done once someone signs, there's less handholding. Am I hearing you right? Uh, yeah, I, actually the way you, I hadn't thought about it either, but the way you're saying it, I'm like, right, that actually is why we do it because <laughs> it really is. It's, it's also about finding, so it's both because it's also about finding the right fit. Sure. You know, if we have people coming to us with a completely different idea of what they want a video to be, which frankly is what normally happens because they're basing it off of what their boss and the pe three people on the committee have said they need who aren't video people necessarily or what they've seen other, you know, videos do then we have a lot, it's an uphill battle for us to kind of say, to sort of reteach and unteach a little bit of what is so wrong about so many videos that are done by mission-driven organizations. So if we can kind of do some of that up front, then ideally the people we're funneling in to be interested in us are people that are already thinking, I kind of get this and mm -hmm. I like what they're doing. And then if we start from there, it's, the efficiencies are huge. Because of course we already have 
partnerships where that is the case. And those partnerships are so ease-filled and that's great for everybody. Um, yeah. So yes, it's, it's both. And I would say, I mean, I think um, we were expecting a lot of our potential clients to, to be able to sort of know the difference between our video and, you know, somebody else's video and the, the nuances between different styles and things like that. Like that, that's something that people who are already sort of well-versed in the topic um, are able to do. And we were sort of the way that we were um, communicating what we do was just throwing up videos on our website and saying, there we are, you know, what do you think? And by sort of pulling back the veil and talking about the strategy involved and how we got to that video and all the stuff that we, we, we spend months, you know, um, going over the story and doing research and the real meat of what we do happens before we ever pick up a camera. And no one knew that because they were just seeing the end product. And so they thought of us as maybe just, just film people or, you know, just editors and not all the story strategy that goes before that. And, um, you know, we in working with our coach and really kind of, um, you know, getting our systems down and looking closely at what we do, we thought, wow, there's so much that we do that never gets communicated about. And so we started to kind of write about that. And, and, um, and then that sort of led to this content creation. And, and the, the flip side of that is then it makes the actual process of working with clients so much better, too. That's awesome. And I hope everyone is paying attention to that particular takeaway because you don't have to be pregnant to make use of them. <laughs> so, so, so important. Well, and really all of this, you don't have to be pregnant to make use of it. This is, these are like such important operational concepts. This is what works for operations, regardless if you're going on leave or not. Maybe you just want to take a vacation. This is the kind of stuff you have to think about, right? So um, Catherine, I think you had, had started to mention team building, and I would love to go there next. It sounds like you guys have built up a bit of a team behind you sort of um, just that's constant, um, but maybe you're recruiting some extra help now. Can you just tell us how your team has evolved maybe since your first pregnancies and then how it's, how it's changing or adapting as you guys look toward your leave now? Yes, absolutely. So in the first pregnancies, we were definitely, we sort of called that stage of our business baby story mind and not, it has nothing to do with the babies. It has to do with the infancy of story mind. So when we were baby story mind, Elena and I were doing every ounce of every piece of everything that was happening internally or externally. Um, and as you certainly know, I know because we have listened to lots of episodes about this too, there is a real, that is a real limiting factor in what you can do um, as a business owner and as in our case, creatives. And so we have slowly evolved again, this is before the dual pregnancies into realizing, okay, so what's the highest and best use of our time? How do we make sure that we are absolutely hands-in on all of the story strategy and all the final edits, but we're not necessarily doing all of the pieces, you know, organizing the footage or, um, you know, organizing the receipts, all, all the different pieces that go on, um, both for a video business and for any business. So that's been something that's been a learning curve. And I think the first thing that was obvious to us was, okay, so we know how to bring on people within a project to help us do some of the video work. So whether it's hiring and collaborating with these really phenomenal um, directors of photography and, and videographers to be on the shoots so we're not both going to every shoot, for instance. Or it's working with assistant editors who are doing the sort of taking our guidance, doing the first round of an edit, and then we're coming in and we're doing the, um, 
making the changes and, and kind of getting it to its, to its final piece. That part felt really clear to us. We knew how to do that. Mm -hmm. And then the part that always, always slipped to the side was, and also we need someone for the business part, which is really huge. And the other thing is the, the first, the idea of building a team around a project always felt safer because we knew what budget we were pulling from because we knew what project we were working with, but it wasn't consistent. And there are certainly limitations in that place too. So I think what gets us to what's different now because of this pregnancy, the dual pregnancy situation is that we have always found a reason to not have somebody come in consistently because there's always been a way for one of us to hustle more or pick up the slack and figure out what to do but in a way that we know limits the progress that the business can make. And because we are second time around new moms or soon to be new moms, we, I think, have a clearer vision of exactly how much consistent support would be useful, particularly as we're easing back in. But honestly, the way that we've needed it, having nothing to do with the pregnancies. Um, So it does feel like for us, it's been this moment of, we have been meaning to do this for a long time and this we're seizing on this opportunity and this real sense of urgency to actually put into place, bringing people, bringing somebody on working with us in that way, as well as probably also having a slightly different model of consistency for the people we bring on when we're working on the actual video work. Yeah. And I would just one side note, we, we kind of, because we know so well the our community of filmmakers, we thought, okay, we know we're going to reach out to the people that we know and, and we'll find people through our networks, no problem. But how are we going to find someone to do the other stuff? And we really had no idea. And it was actually um, in response to an article we had posted about our dual pregnancies that we got all these positive responses from people that were outside of the video world. Mm. And that's how we found someone that we're um, we've got to be working with is through sort of expanding who we're communicating with and not, you know, beyond the video world um, and sort of making, be, being our true authentic selves and getting, you know, responses from people saying, oh, you know, that's really refreshing. And um, and that's kind of how we um, were able to find somebody outside of the video world to, to work with us, which we never would have anticipated. That's and brilliant. It's actually really... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say that's content marketing as operational efficiency yet again, just in a completely different way. <laughs> but continue. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I, I was just going to say the the thing that um, the hang up for us there too is that you know if you're hiring somebody who's really interested in the in doing the work that you do, a lot of times they will be willing to to get their foot in the door to do something that's not within that skill set. But that did not feel like a good. We would we just sort of knew could we find somebody whose really dream is to be doing video production, but is, you know, just really excited to be part of it and will therefore be really focused on sales and marketing and operational work. Sure. But are they going to be, have the skill to do it and also be fulfilled in doing that? Probably not. So that was a real hang up for us too, was we can bring somebody on who's interested, but that's not, they may not be the right fit. And we don't want somebody in the spot that what they really wish 
they're like just waiting for the moment where we say, Hey, why don't you grab that camera and go on down and film? Right. You know, that's, we, we don't, that's not a good fit for that. So that's so smart. So, 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 so smart. Okay. I've just got a couple of questions left for you guys. I'm sure at this point in our conversation, listeners are starting to wonder, all right, that's all good how they're preparing for the business and stuff, but what is this leave actually going to look like? Um, so can you tell us how you're currently planning it, knowing that things change, knowing that, you know, who knows what could happen. Um, how are you currently planning to structure your actual time off from the business? Yes. So this is Catherine. And I will say this, uh, this time around, we have a much clearer structure than we did the first time. Um, and that also has to do with being a little further down the road and therefore having a better sense of cash flow and budget and being able to have a hold of our numbers. So we sort of have a sense of what we can and want to do and how that fits us I mean, the wonderful thing about owning your own business is we've created our own maternity leave and we can, our maternity policy and, and we've done it in a way that fits both of us. So basically, so we're due one month apart. I hadn't mentioned how we are like simultaneously pregnant. So <laughs> Elena will, if all goes according to the way that, you know, maybe the calendar says it will, which of course is a big question mark, um, then she'll go out first. Um, and Elena, I think if we're going to do your three, three whole months. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yep. Three whole months off, which for us will look a little differently depending on the desire of the person. So if Elena decides she'd like to check her email, then I'm sure it's not going to say, no, you were supposed to be a hundred percent off. I think that's a personal choice for sure. But in terms of our big responsibilities and, you know, big daily things, she'll be off for those three months. And then I will also be off for three months. Mine might be a little bit less than three months because then I'm going to take a little longer to come back mm. in full time. So we sort of decided just again from personal preference, um, it worked better for Elena and her family for her to really want that big chunk. And for me to want a chunk, but also then to have a little bit of a, maybe I think it's about two or three months where I'll be part-time easing back in before we come back to full-time. So we'll both be back full-time after five months, I guess. But actually what we've also decided, because it's our business and we can choose this, is that in the first year, we're both going to work four days. Mm. Um, that is, that will be full-time. Um, and we'll see how that works. We've had, you know, we have one kid, so we both know that sick days happen. And so working four days might mean one of the days you're home with the sick kid and then you're actually you know, all five days are in some ways covered, but, um, and I would say that that wasn't possible the first time around because we hadn't planned so strategically, you know, with cash flow and with setting up a team. So now, you know, we're, we're setting up a team that's going to, that's people are going to be working while we're away and we come back and we'll sort of ease back into it. Um, and we won't need to be, oh my gosh, I have to be, you know, 40 hours plus again to make up for all this time that's passed. And because we're sort of keeping things chugging along, um, we, we feel confident that, you know, going forward that four days, we'll, we're, we're able to do that as opposed to just having to jump back in full force. Gotcha. All right. So then last question, when you guys come back from break, uh, are there any new projects or new plans that you just can't wait to sink your teeth into? Yeah, I think so for us, there's kind of two things. One is the projects that we'll be wrapping up before will be kind of coming out, uh, both while we're on maternity leave. And then as we come back, we'll be sort of sharing, um, you know, 
the, the clips and the pieces. And we're always excited about that part because it's the time where people get to see the work. And then also we get to explain a little bit of the, how we got there behind it. So that's always exciting. Um, we're super excited, honestly, about the team. We're really excited to kind of see, okay, we're going to have this intense time in the next couple months before we leave of planning. And then we're going to do our best to really step back and let things roll a little bit. Um, and then, so when we come back in, it'll be this sort of the story mine we've been trying to, to do for a while and we'll be able to actually kind of step into it. So we're really excited about that. And then the other, the last thing is that kind of with that content marketing piece, we are part of this in the next two months, intense part is us working on revamping um, this story strategy guide that we've done, we've used before, which is a lot of the beginning process that we use with clients. And also when we teach courses that we are making available for people to be able to download to then just sort of think through those first steps. So that's something that we're prepping before we go. It'll be kind of happening while we're out and it'll be, we'll be excited to kind of sort of see how we're using that differently um, when we come back in. Amazing. Well, you guys, one, I'm so excited for both of you, just both in terms of obviously your pregnancies. Congratulations. I don't, I should have started with that, but congratulations now. And second, I'm so excited for you just in terms of all the changes that you're making in your business. And I can hear your enthusiasm in, in both of your voices. And so I, I just think it's such an exciting time, those kinds of changes for, for any business owner. So Catherine and Elena, thank you so much for this fabulous conversation. Thank you, Tara. It's been a total pleasure. Thanks so much for having us. Find out more about Catherine Orr, Elena Rue, and StoryMine Media at storymindmedia.com. What Works is brought to you by Co-Commercial. Every question you have about your small business is a lesson someone else had to learn the hard way. What if you could learn directly from the people who have already figured it out so you could skip the trial and error, the hours of research, and the heartache they went through to get answers? At Co-Commercial, that's exactly what you can do. We give you access to a support network of hundreds of small business owners who generously share their experiences, expertise, and hard lessons learned. We give you a one-stop shop for all your small business questions, whether you need to know about hiring a new team member, launching a new product, managing your time, or perfecting your messaging. Co-Commercial helps our members save loads of time, fill in the gaps in their education, and start lifelong business relationships. Don't wait another day to become a member. Here's what happens when you apply for membership. First, you tell us what goal you're working towards and where you're struggling. Next, a member of our team personally reviews your application and any questions you have about membership. Then you receive an email with personalized recommendations for how to start your membership and ideas for making your first post so you can get support as quickly as possible. Once you're in, our team continues to support you whenever you need help. Most of our members get more than the value of the membership fee in just 45 minutes per week. Ready to join? Go to cocommercial.co and apply for membership. There's no risk to you. Applying is free. And once you join, if you're not impressed with the quality of support and depth of conversation at CoCommercial in the first 30 days, we'll refund your membership fee. To apply for membership, go to cocommercial.co. That's cocommercial.co. That's it for this week's episode of What Works. 
If you love getting a behind the scenes look at how real small business owners are making it work, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening. We also appreciate you leaving a review and sharing the podcast with your friends or colleagues. What Works is produced by Rosie Medius and edited by Marty Seafelt. Kristen Runvik prepares our show notes. Our opening music is by The Shrugs and our ad music is by Marley Carroll. Tune in next week for another look at how small businesses actually work.